Hello and welcome to Fungibility. It's the 1st of March and we're in the midst of a very tumultuous time in the world of crypto and NFT. Yesterday, the last day of February, was interesting in the sense that it was one of the biggest gains we've seen in the crypto market probably in the last uh, several months. Unfortunately, it was also the day that the war in the Ukraine sort of took an unnecessary step in, in the wrong direction. And we saw a lot of folks out of the Russian Federation starting to move their capital you know, from the ruble into things like Bitcoin and Ether, which uh, in, on the plus side increased the value of those things, but on the negative side, you really don't want to see, you know, uh, sort of offshoot of, of war being the thing that drives the crypto market. So it's a little bit of a sad moment in, in the crypto world, I think. We're seeing really interesting things, though, come out of this, I suppose, in the sense that some of the activities um, that are driving it are things like the Ukrainian government put out a interesting, uh, you know, basically call to say, hey, help us out by sending us some you know crypto to our wallets here's our bitcoin wallet and so on and they raise i think close to 20 million dollars within literally a few hours so the other interesting news i guess not from exactly this week but i saw recently snoop dogg created the first nft focused music label death row records which was uh, his famous record label from the 90s and the uh, tupac versus east west i don't even know but anyway th essentially he's bought that record label and he's said that he's going to use sort of an nft first approach to sort of distri distribute music and rights and, and royalties so that's an interesting project to watch and he's been at the sort of forefront of things like nfts and the metaverse and other activities so if you're in into music and you're in the space you probably need to keep a closer eye on what uh, snoop dog is doing and that leads me to today's guest it's we got a great show really interesting guest today and uh here we go and we're back with lavinia osborne I've been looking at her profile and heard a lot of great things about her over the last uh, couple of weeks. She is the founder of Women in Blockchain Talks, as well as Crypto Queens. Really interested to learn more about what you're doing. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ruth. I'm so happy to be on the on the show and to learn about fungibility. I love the gamification aspect of it. It's just like taking it to the next level. So awesome source. Yeah, it, the gamification, you're right. It, it's, it's for us, it's about engagement. It's about making those users sort of part of the show. And I think what we've done with our, our, our application is really changing a lot of the ways you sort of think about interacting with podcasts. But yeah. enough about me. It, it sounds like you, you've got quite the resume. I'm, I'm on your LinkedIn profile right now. It looks like you've got your hands in a whole variety of different, different projects and things. Can you maybe take a minute, introduce yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. So uh, for the last couple of years, I've been running a platform called Women in Blockchain Talks. Women in Blockchain Talks is female focused or women focused, women led. But we're, um, one of the key things about us is that we're open to all genders. I'm of uh, Caribbean descent and we have a saying, one hand cannot clap, uh, meaning that we're stronger together, right? And um, so this platform is about blockchain education and then events and networking. And so we, I created Women in Blockchain Talks to basically create a platform to spotlight the many women in blockchain who talk 
and who are dynamic and who are making a difference because you know representation matters and for rep representation to happen people need to see it they need to hear it right so i would just host a monthly event with two key um players in the industry and i did that for a couple of years and off the back of that my brand grew um my community grew and um and then from there the ecosystem grew and um linkedin named me one of their leading voices in technology and innovation at the end of last year with the likes of meta i aka facebook um ibm nasa and amazon <laughs> so wow. yeah no that's 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 very very impressive and uh, fr from the caribbean too I, uh, I I had a startup for a while in Barbados, so I, nice. I love I love the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, so you you've, you're doing a lot of stuff. Like you you've got the this women in blockchain talks to sort of you know bring awareness to you know I, I'm guessing women involved in blockchain, and I I I think I do agree that they're probably greatly underrepresented. Go to any crypto conference, and and you'll you'll know what I mean, right? So. You're mm -hmm. trying to bring a more diverse voice to the space. Is that the general idea? Exactly. That is the exact idea. You know, I love blockchain. I love what it stands for, the paradigm shift, the way it can give power to the powerless, for those who are willing to dive in and learn, and the fact that you don't have to ask anyone's permission. I love the element of transparency, of trust and value. Um, and that's what it stands for. And when I look at blockchain, I look at it as a social innovation and social impact. How can it make a difference to the voiceless, to the powerless in the world? And so when I talk about blockchain, I talk about blockchain also in the context of SDGs, the UN 17 Sustainable Development Goals, and how they've set these goals out for people to create solutions. And then what I found is that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of many, there's many blockchain um, companies, uh, innovators and entrepreneurs who are looking to create solutions to those SDGs, those sustainable development goals. And when I see that and the way this technology is being used for that, it really just makes me feel so passionate about the space. Um, but the thing is, you know, as you stated, uh, women are underrepresented, marginalized groups are, un are underrepresented. So what do we have to do to make a difference? And one of the things I'm doing is um, create. I've created this platform. I've created a campaign called 50,000 Women into Blockchain by 2023. Now, 50,000 is just a drop in the ocean if you look at the world's population. But the way I see it, if that's 50,000 women in my community, um, that I've helped bring into blockchain in one way or another, those people have communities, those people have networks. So it can ultimately grow, expand from that 50,000 campaign. You know, we've all got to start from somewhere, right? Oh, completely agree. And I think that what, what you're doing is empowering a group to, to empower themselves. And I think that that makes a, a lot of sense. And a lot the, the problem i think that we hear a lot of in the crypto world is there's always this focus on you know two things one you know it's a scam and all the bad things that happen in the crypto world and I, people love to talk about that i don't want to talk about that the other thing people talk about is this idea that it's all about the money right it's all about a mechanism to sort of just make as much money in a shorter period of time as possible i also don't want to talk about that 
what I really like what you just said is this idea that this technology is one of a social movement that empowers people who to lift them out of their their place in a, in a mm -hmm. world that wasn't possible before. Right. And I think that if you focus on this as a as a tool of social empowerment, you suddenly have this world of opportunity and obviously finance and all those things that that are possible because of it are important. But it's not only it's not the only thing that's driving it. Exactly. It's not the driver. You know, um, Women in Blockchain Talks, we've just uh, launched within, you know, our community an NFT butterfly because we feel that the metaverse is missing a feminine touch. And so we're unleashing our NFT butterflies into the metaverse. And, and this is a way to um, help a number of women to buy their first, their purchase, their first NFTs, to, to, you know, to become part of the game. And in doing so, a lot of them are going through a huge learning curve. You know, we're using Polygon. And, and if you know anything about Polygon, it, it is a, you know, there's a lot of like, well, just with crypto full stop, but Polygon, my gosh, there's a lot of like hoops that you need to jump through, right? And, um, and so all those women, I say to them, look, you're the pioneers. If you can do this, and how many other people can you show to do it? How many people are you going to be inspiring to, to say, hey, I did this? But they wouldn't just do it just to buy crypto. They did it because they wanted a butterfly, you know, an NFT. They wanted to, to, be, they wanted to feel like they're part of um, this new influx, this new community, this new, this new era of NFTs. And, and I do feel for many women that NFTs are a more tangible route into blockchain and into crypto than just um, just buying crypto for the sake of crypto. Um, I think a lot of women that I've, this is what I have found, they're very much interested in the social impact aspect of it, but you can understand the social impact of it without having to buy crypto, without having to set up a wallet, right? And a part of being part of blockchain a big part of being part of blockchain is, of course, having a wallet, is purchasing crypto, is purchasing a digital asset, because then you go through the process of learning and understanding what Web.30 is. Well, I, I can't agree with what you're saying more. I think that part of what we're trying to do on this podcast and anyone who's listened to our last two months is going to be where we, we are very sort of socially focused, environmentally focused as well. January was our month of environmental related topics where we discuss the sort of environmental impact of NFTs, um, carbon offsets and ways to sort of optimize you know, blockchains to, to, to make the world a better place. You know, February was uh, looking at things like black history and other sort of, as you say, sort of marginalized groups and bringing awareness to some of the ways that technology could really empower you know, the, those sectors of, of the world. And you're kicking off our month of women in March, which is a month where we'll have all women on the podcast. So, you know, we're, we try to do our part here and, and bring awareness and opportunity, you know, in the best that we can. And we've, we've been pretty successful in driving a significant user base. So hopefully you'll have a few more, uh, you know, women to, to join your cause here after hearing this episode. Oh, thank you so much, Rev. I, you know, I love what you're doing. 
and what you stand for and being purposeful in doing it because so many people talk the talk but they don't actually walk the walk and incorporate it into a sort of strategy I don't like using the word strategy but you know what I mean it's like if you want to make a change if you want to make a difference you've got to plan it in right so it's great to hear that and I'm really honoured and um, humbled that I'm the first woman for um, International Women's Month or Women's Month. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's funny. As, as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I'm now in, in my 40s. So the first half of, of my career was sort of hallmarked by like trying to make as much money essentially as I could. I know it's terrible to say, but it's true. And, mm-hmm. and then I, I, there was a certain point you know, maybe I had a family and, and all those sorts of things. I was lucky enough to sell my business. And I realized that, you know, that's not what my, the second half of my career is going to be, you know, hallmark. It's, mm. it, it's going to, it's, I, I think you should be able to do well financially and do good socially and, and mm. for the world. I, I ultimately, I don't think the two are at odds and, you know, wh- whether it's a podcast or my startup or, or the various types of other things I'm involved in, you know, if, if I leave a mark that, that, that makes the world a bit better, then I think I've done my job. And that, that's what's exciting, I think, about what you're describing, because I think you share a similar philosophy. Definitely. And I think it's not just even about what you leave behind. It's the people that you help along the way. And by doing what you're doing and helping me to share my voice, you know, it was quite ironic. I digress just a little bit. When I got the award from LinkedIn or the listing from LinkedIn, it it, it I'm going to get, you know, I'm not going to get emotional, but I cried. And I and I just also thought it was quite ironic. <laughs> Excuse me. I thought it was quite ironic because here I am shining a spotlight on women in blockchain and LinkedIn has now shined a light on me and what I'm doing. And in a way, that's what you're doing by, you know, allowing me or inviting me even onto your platform. And so, you know, to just talk about things, how people, and, and remember, Women in Blockchain Talks is, is open to all genders. We're all about our male champions, which you are, uh, Rev. So what we have going on, we've got the campaign, 50,000 Women into Blockchain. So that's just a way for us to um, show women uh, the different routes into blockchain. So it could be through social impact. It could be a career. It could be through uh, transitioning from one um, industry um, i.e. you could be in marketing, then you want to become a dev or you want to, you're a marketer in, in hospitality and now you want to become a marketer in, in blockchain, in Web.0. Um, so it's looking at what you need to do, what you need to think about. Because sometimes people just make these things bigger in their mind and they create a not even just limitations, but blocks for themselves. They get in their own way and women are extremely good at this. Um, so we have the campaign. We've got a conference coming up in September. It's way ahead. I know six months from now, but, um, you know, these things need to be planned. It's going to be the first because you touched on something a moment ago when you were talking about conferences. You go to a conference, you can see there is a it's very visible to see there is a lack of women and uh, marginal groups in the space. So we're putting on this event It's women in blockchain It's open to everyone. But it's going to be uh, women and non-binary speakers. But on the third day, we're going to have everyone because, like I said, I'm not about exclusion. I'm about inclusion. But there is a focus on women. Um, So these are some of the things that we're doing to highlight and to bring more women in. So I'm really excited about 2022. 
Well, you've got Laura on, on the call, who's our executive producer and leads uh, our, our project uh, development here at uh, Award Pool. And my, my co-founder, Brenda, uh, you know, I'm sure they would love to be involved in any, anything I can do from the male perspective to support your cause. I'm, I'm always happy to do as well. You know, while we're on the topic of women in blockchain, and, and this is probably more like girls in blockchain, but my eight-year-old daughter, who um, is just, is, is a, a knock, uh, what's the chip off the old block, I guess you'd say, has just been accepted into a progr programming class for 12-year-olds. For so very exciting for, for uh, the, you know, our family to see my daughter sort of excel at, at programming at such a young age. So, That's you know. A, a future, a future woman in blockchain. I, I'm, I'm sure. Congratulations! You know, I, I love to, I love to hear it. I love to see it because she's eight, but she's been accepted onto a program for twelve year olds, and it just goes to show that if you teach girls that a certain career or a certain subject is for for, for them, they're going to blossom just as much as boys. You know, um, so it's wonderful to hear. Congratulations. Well, she certainly has the aptitude and, and that that's that's the I think that's 50 percent of, of the battle. You know, I, I'm trying to get my uh, my my older my older boy to, to do anything involving programming is is not going to happen. So mm. the fact that she was, you know, so excited to do it and show show off all the things that she's programming, you know, it's it's, it's really sort of a great moment for me. So I, I'm, I'm quite enjoying watching her, as you say, blossom. Talking of uh, programming and um, women, girls in blockchain. So one, as I was touching upon before, you know, I feel like NFTs are a great pathway for many women to come in, but to get involved in blockchain. And the main reason being is because it's, um, it's creative. So it doesn't feel to have the same technical blockage as just blockchain as a whole and blockchain applications. And so one of the things I'm doing, because you did mention Crypto Queens, is that... Um, what I noticed, you know, I've been in the space for a while, done hackathons, created my own NFTs, I've supported um, big PFP projects like Boss Beauties, Women Rise, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I see, um, and, and I'm sure you, you probably have your own thoughts about this, two key things, is that most of the um, NFT platforms are centralized. They're not actually decentralized. So do they really represent what blockchain stands for? People will have different opinions on that. Um, you may want to, to state during, during this conversation. Um, and then the other thing is that most of them don't offer a, a, a good level of customer service. And one of the things that I know from running Women in Blockchain Talks for the last couple of years is that women need a lot of handholding. It's not because they're, they're dumb or they're not smart or anything like that. It's just that they just need sometimes that, that extra validation, that extra, not even accountability, but like, you know, let's do it together. Let's get you started. And so I'm creating the first ever women-led NFT marketplace. And the objective of it, of course, it's going to be a marketplace. It's a, a commercial endeavor, but really want to focus on, um, on the customer service element. And when I talk about the customer service, it's more like customer support in the sense of if you're an artist and you're going into Discord, that's quite overwhelming, right? So how do you get started? How do you build that community? That for, for many people, that's not their skill set or smart contracts in regards to coding and 
oh, who do you speak to? Who, 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 who can I trust? Who, who can be recommended to me? Um, also marketing. Not everybody's great at marketing or putting themselves out there. So Crypto Queens wants to be able to provide certain services within the community structure of the marketplace to help women get started. And another aspect um, that we're doing with Crypto Queens to make it stand up from the ground is we are doing an 80-20 rule. So 80% will be uh, women artists, 20% will be non-binary and men. And we're going to have a curation model so that we're able to, as much as possible, um, maintain that 80-20 rule. And then finally, we're going to look at a decentralization model. So right now, we're just looking at open source and what the best ways to do that um, to do that is. So, you know, any any import, any advice, because of course I know this is your space, Rev. Um, please let me know. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned this idea of centralization versus decentralization. Now, when you look at the blockchain from just the point of view of of like a you know distributed database for like at the most simple terms, that that's that's what it is, right? So it's a distributed ledger style database now you know that obviously can be decentralized in the sense that there's many stakeholders and and or or you know depending on the algorithm many various sort of workers in that particular scenario but when you look at the applications and this is i think the part that really is what, what we're talking about when we talk about decentralization you know what exactly is a dap right a decentralized application for the most part when you look at most of these applications they're essentially a metamask login or registration with yeah. some kind of React style, JavaScript style web app. Now, the question I ask is this: you know, if you put a, a decentral, you know, login or authentication system as part of a centralized web application that just so happens to inter interact with a blockchain, does that make it decentralized? And that and that's this sort of misnomer that we have right now is the fact that you know somehow or other you put MetaMask in front of a centralized application that uses the blockchain, it's somehow decentralized, right? And now I think that from an architectural you know, vantage point, the answer really is depends, right? On, on what you're looking to do, for whom you're looking to do it and how it actually is supposed to work. So for example, for a lot of these DeFi apps, you know, these, these sort of yield things that keep getting hacked day after day, week after week, they're, they're getting hacked in essence because the code is completely transparent and visible to everyone, including bad actors. Now, yeah. so the, the, the question becomes one of obfuscation, not necessarily obfuscation for the purposes of, you know, making it, you know, centralized and, and hidden, but more so to make it secure. So there's a balance in, in the crypto world between, you know, anyone anywhere can have access, as you point out, open source tools for all, you know, smart contracts that are audited and seen by all versus a continual stream of hacks because no one's taking the time to actually go through the code on, a, on an ongoing basis. Or maybe they're not incentivized to do so. I don't know. But there's a lot of sort of repurposing of, of bad code like Uniswap. For example, one problem, Uniswap, and suddenly you've got a hundred or a thousand different swaps that all have the same problem. So mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 it isn't an easy question to answer. And it's, you know, from a societal point of view, I get why decentralization makes sense in terms of, you know, censorship and, and you know, raising, a, empowering people. But from a business standpoint and making something 
where you don't want to lose your shirt tomorrow because some random bad actor hacked my site, it's not quite so easy. And, and, and in my opinion, in the most simple terms is just slapping a MetaMask or, or Web3 style login to your app does not make it decentralized. It doesn't even make it barely a web or, or a DAP for, the, for all intents and purposes. And I'm going you know, to close all that by saying, you know, I'm a little biased. You know, I obviously built a, a, you know, an NFT you know, payment and engagement system and all that sort of stuff. And we're, we lean a little bit more towards custodial than we do non-custodial, which means in the nomenclature of, of the blockchain world, we're a little more centralized than we are decentralized. But, mm -hmm. the, but the plan is for us to start in a, in a place that's secure and scalable and over time move to a place that's more decentralized and still scalable and secure. Mm. And that makes sense because, like you said, if, if, every, if everything is open and then you have bad actors coming in and basically destroying, then nothing will exist. You're just repeating yourself. And, and business is about longevity. It's about scalability. Um, and, and if communities have invested as well, you want to be able to protect people's investment. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a lot of things to think about. And I, and I sometimes think to my, what I tell myself is that, yes, I'm an innovator. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur. But there's people, technical people out there, way smarter than me, who, who will hopefully find the solutions to some of the problems that, you know, keep me up at night. I don't know about you, but keep me up at night when I think about, this whole decentralized Web.0 platform and, and what I want to bring to it and how do I protect it and what's the best way for those who want to join me in the journey, so to speak. I think, I think the biggest issue that I see right now is one of sort of, you know, the, the reward for people who, who, you know, provide the code, do, who provide these, these things. So I'm, I'm putting this code out there and most of these projects that you'll see in, in that you said you were going to borrow some code from here and there, it's one person in a basement somewhere with, mm. with no real, you know, incentive beyond just wanting to put that code out there. So what, what I really want to see is, is the collection of these folks who are using this technology contribute back, right? It's not just about using the technology. It's about fixing and improving and contributing mm -hmm. To the original so it isn't just a single developer somewhere and like 99% of this stuff is like a single developer with no real help and then of course there's an exploit and it's all that person's fault right yeah. and, and and that's not fair either mm. got it yeah yeah and and I mean if you think about web.30 it's a, one of the the basis of web.30 and especially within nfts as community so as a community we have to grow together and we take the rewards and we take the responsibilities. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. You know, it's, it sounds like you're, you're, you're planning some pretty cool stuff coming up here. You know, we're, we're running a, a little short on time. Where can our listeners learn more about you and the projects you're involved in? I would say the best place is uh, LinkedIn. I'm very prolific on, on LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, connect with me there. Um, and then, of course, there's a community, um, and um, the link will be shared um, in the notes and the show notes. Um, so the community, of course, is very important. We have a free community 
Um, and then, yeah, we do have a membership because we have to monetize in order to keep going. Um, but we're all about, you know, giving, not just giving away free resources, but uh, providing resources that can just get people started. And as I say, in particular, women marginalized groups, because we all have to start from somewhere. So, yeah. And for any first-time listeners, you can visit the fungibility.co website. You'll see the widget on the left-hand side. Every episode has a series of actions, we call them. Those will give you points. You, you can click on those. that will open up different things that we've discussed in this particular episode. Visit the website, answer some questions, and, of course, mint the NFT of this particular episode to your wallet. Uh, Appreciate the time today. Really, really interesting conversation. Thank you so much. I've, I really appreciate it as well. And to everyone listening, happy Women's Month. Yes, happy Women's Month. And until, until next time, this is Ruve at Fungibility. Fungibility.